What's up, everyone, and welcome back to The Football Fanatic, your source for the latest NFL news, projections, and analysis. My name is Jacob Gallopo, and today we are going to be talking about a few different things. Uh, the main event is going to be the off-season talk episode for the NFC South, which is our second-last uh, episode in the off-season talk series. Um, but there's also a few things I want to get to first. There's a couple news items that have popped up recently that I want to talk about. And then also, um, there's a few statistics I was looking for in my last episode where I talked about quarterbacks and rankings and stuff like that. There's a few stats that I wasn't able to find, and I found them. So I'll uh, give you guys those, and then a few other ones that I think will that I think are interesting and will really um, benefit you as you go into your fantasy draft. So let's get into it. First off, in the updated quarterback stuff, I found some stats on Cam Newton that I think are pretty interesting. Uh, last season, Newton had career lows in rushing attempts, touchdowns, and yards per rush, um, which is obviously rushing is a really big factor in the stats for quarterbacks because passing yards and touchdowns are not weighted as heavily as rushing yards and touchdowns. So um, the fact that he is not rushing as much uh, would definitely make a difference in his stats. Um, the Carolina offensive line has gotten worse. They've added Matt Khalil in free agency. Matt Khalil played for the Vikings last year. The Vikings had possibly the worst offensive line in football, and Matt Khalil was a part of that. And they also uh, lost Michael Oher to retirement, if you remember I talked about that um, earlier in the season. And they might end up having to start a rookie in place of him. So their already bad offensive line has gotten even worse. And then finally, more than one-third of... Cam Newton's passing fantasy points came via the deep pass. Um, a lot of those were to Ted Ginn, uh, who is now playing for the Saints. So there's a lot of reasons that I think Cam Newton, while obviously last year was his worst year that he's had, I don't have a lot of hope for much of a bounce back, and I think it's going to be hard for him to be worse than he was last year, but I don't think he's going to be that much better, and I don't think he's worth drafting at the the place he's currently being drafted, and it's just like... Six, seven, eight, in the quarterback range, somewhere in there. I would wait a little bit longer and get a guy like Kirk Cousins or guys like that. I also talked about Marcus Mariota last year and how I think that he will do well, maybe not as well as last year because um, most of his fantasy stats came against some really bad defenses. However, one thing that I found that is pretty interesting, uh, in his NFL career, Mariota has 33 touchdown passes and zero interceptions in the red zone. And guess who they signed this offseason? Eric Decker. And Decker, from 2012 to 2015, third in the NFL in red zone receptions and second in red zone touchdowns. So a guy who's already really, really good and really efficient in the red zone just got even better with one of the best red zone t uh, wide receivers in the league. In 2016, Kirk Cousins had at least 300 yards or two touchdowns 14 out of his 16 games, which gives him a really high floor. 300 yards, two touchdowns, that's really solid. It's going to give you quite a baseline of points, and often he went far and above that. Now, those 300 yards or two touchdowns in 14 games, that's more than Matt Ryan and Andrew Luck. And it's the same amount as Drew Brees, who's widely regarded as one of the most consistent quarterbacks and fantasy points in the league. Russell Wilson has 15 of these games in two seasons, and Kirk Cousins had 14 in just one. Some stats for Carson Wentz. Last season under first-year head coach uh, Doug Peterson, the Eagles were sixth in pass attempts despite dropping 31 passes, which is the second most in the NFL. Uh, drop rate of 5%, um, and not very good. 
uh, receivers, a lot of inconsistency there. However, in the offseason, they added Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith to their existing Jordan Matthews and Zach Ertz. Um, so, obviously, the offense has gotten a lot better. Hopefully, we'll drastically increase that drop or decrease that drop rate. Um, and if you look at another example in recent history, Derek Carr's rookie season, um, he, in his first year, didn't play very well. In his second year, they added Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. Um, and Michael and Derek Carr's fantasy output took a gain of 41%, which is very, very much uh, a big addition, obviously. This year, the Eagles added Elshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith, so similar situation. Um, rookie quarterback gets two big new weapons. If Carson Wentz, if he, if he goes up by 41%, as Derek Carr did, you're looking at about 300 fantasy points, which would have been quarterback ranked a five last year. And finally, most of the stats I was looking for were about Ben Roethlisberger, and here they are. In the 13 seasons Roethlisberger has been in the NFL, he's only played all 16 games three times, which is less than 25% of seasons. So if you sign him, you're probably going to have to play um, someone else for a good chunk of the season when he gets injured. Last season, Roethlisberger had as many games with fewer than 190 passing yards as he did with more than 300. So a lot of inconsistency there. Um, he averaged only 13.7 fantasy points per game when on the road, which is ranked 22nd in the NFL. Over the past three years, he's averaged 70 fewer passing yards and two fewer touchdown passes per game and has a completion percentage three points lower when on the road, which is kind of what I was talking about. He's only had one game of 25-plus fantasy points on the road in the past three years, and that was in... 2014. Some of the quarterbacks who have more recent game with 25 plus points than Big Ben, Geno Smith, Blaine Gabbert, and Brock Osweiler. And finally, the one that I wanted to most talk about, here are his final finishes in ranks uh, as a fantasy quarterback in the past seven seasons. 17th, 13th, 18th, 12th, 5th, 20th, and 18th. He's being drafted at about number 10 in most drafts. Since the beginning of 2015, only Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees have more games with 15-plus fantasy points than Tyrod Taylor, who is really being overlooked in drafts this year. Over the past few years, Taylor's averaged 18.7 points per game, which is, which is good enough for number 7 overall. And during the past few years, Taylor has rushed for at least 30 yards in 19 of 29 games. And the crazy thing is, as of right now, he's going 19th among quarterbacks. He is my biggest quarterback target, along with Kirk Cousins. Those two are the ones I'm really looking to draft in late rounds. On to the latest pieces of news. The Minnesota Vikings' stout defense just retained one of its biggest pieces. Linval Joseph and the Vikings just agreed to a $50 million extension of four years with $31.5 million guaranteed. He was under contract through 2018 before the extension. Now, uh, this is the third big extension the Vikings have gotten for their defense uh, this year, with Everson Griffin and Xavier Rose also earning big money earlier in the year. As you've probably heard already, Ryan Tannehill was injured in training camp earlier this week. Uh, scrambling on a play, he uh, stepped awkwardly on his leg that was injured last year, with the same leg that he tore his ACL, uh, went down awkwardly, and it's still unsure um, what the injury is. He went underwent an MRI 
Uh, the team really isn't sure what's going to happen with him. He may be out for the entire season. Maybe he won't be out very long at all. Um, but it looks like the team is not planning on signing Colin Kaepernick. Uh, the two options that I've heard that they've discussed are either not signing anybody um, and just keeping Matt Moore under center for the season. And I've also heard talks of them uh, trying to lure Jake Cutler out of broadcasting and bringing him back to the team. I'm not sure how real those rumors are, but I have not heard anything about them considering Colin Kaepernick. And final piece of news, the Pittsburgh Steelers have given an extension to their head coach, Mike Tomlin. He was currently, or before the extension, he was under contract through 2019. This one-year extension will keep him under contract through 2020. Um, Tomlin, who is uh, seems to be a controversial coach for some reason, it doesn't... Um, he isn't regarded as much as other coaches as uh, elite. However, he owns a 103-win, 57-loss record in a decade with the Steelers and has never finished with a losing season. So it's a good extension for the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, now that we've gotten all that out of the way, it's time to get into our NFC South discussion. We're going to kick it off by talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Their first move was they extended their defensive end, William Golston, for five years. Um, in my opinion, this is a very good move for the team. Um, Golston has been one of their best pass rushers on their team in the past few years, and I think this is really good for them to re-sign him. He's been uh, one of the anchors for a very good defensive line, and this is a good move for them. They signed Deshaun Jackson from the Redskins for three years, and this is really going to open up the passing game, in my opinion. Uh, the the Buccaneers already have Mike Evans, who has been pretty much their lone star on offense, at least for the receivers in the past few years. So he's almost always at least double covered, and I think having Deshaun Jackson, who is uh, really a speed guy, a burner, a guy who's going to be able to extend the field, is really going to open up the field for Mike Evans, and also obviously give uh, Jameis Winston, the gunslinger, uh, opportunities to throw it down the field. So this is really good fit for the team and their needs. They signed J.J. Wilcox safety for two years. Um, they had some issues at safety, um, and while they did find potential in some of their starters, I think uh, Wilcox is probably a more solid bet uh, to be consistent in the team. They lost Mike Glennon to the Bears. Um, not really a big loss for them as Jameis Winston is firmly entrenched as their starter. Um, so losing their backup quarterback, I mean, you do want to have a little bit of security in case Winston goes down, but I think this is okay that they lost him. They signed defensive tackle Chris Baker from the Redskins. Um, he's been another really good uh, pass rusher, run stuffer, um, and I think this really, uh, this addition makes the Buccaneers one of the best defensive lines in football with Golston, uh, now Chris Baker, Gerald McCoy, and Robert Ayers. Um, these are four guys who um, almost always will be on the field, uh, and even if they're in a rotation, um, this is four really solid guys. And I, like I said, I think this is one of the best defensive lines in football, uh, rivaling the Seahawks and the Broncos and all those teams. So a good move for them picking him up. They extended Jacquez Rogers for two years, um, which is a great move. He has connections with the coaches, and with the the question marks around Doug Martin and his suspensions and his uh, lack of production recently. I think this is good. Uh, Jacquez Rogers is going to be starting for the first three games while Doug Martin is suspended, and it sounds like he may even keep the job if he's playing well enough. 
And finally, they extended Chris Conti for two years. Um, he has had his issues with the team, but I think bringing in competition for uh, Keith Tandy, who took his job once he got injured last year, um, having these two uh, competing and neither one knowing who's going to get the starting job is going to help both of them perform a lot better. So what does all this mean for the team? Um, they finished 9-7 and seven last year, and to me, I think that they are going to do better than that this year. They made um, a super, a really good defensive line, even better with the addition of Chris Baker, the extended Golston. Um, so I think this is, again, one of the premier defensive lines in the league. It really can help an already good defense get even better. Um, again, their running back situation, even though Doug Martin is not um, doing that well, he has some question marks around him. Jacquez Rogers is a solid guy who can take his place. Um, we already talked about the wide receivers and how Jackson's going to open up the field. Competition among safeties. I think they've done a lot of good things this offseason. And um, they finished second in the division last year to the Falcons, who, as we know, went to the Super Bowl. Um, and I don't think, I don't know if they've done enough to overtake the Falcons, but I do think that they're going to make the playoffs this year. And I'm not sure how far they'll get, but I think that they have made some good moves. They've made the right moves for their team. And this is ultimately going to put them in at least second place in the division. What They may face some competition for that spot from the Saints, but um, to me, I think the Buccaneers are going to win it out, and they're going to make the playoffs this year. Now moving on to the Carolina Panthers. Their first move, they signed strong safety Mike Adams. Uh, the Panthers really had some questionable safeties last year in their pass defense. While being one of the best pass defenses in the league, in 2015 they really fell apart when Josh Norman left. In 2016 were one of the worst. Um, and I think Mike Adams, uh, coming from the Colts, and despite being one of the oldest players in the league, is still finding a lot of success. Um, and he, um, while he will probably start to decline, I think veteran leadership for this team is good, and he will fill in the spots until they can get some of these younger guys uh, developed a little bit and ready to take on more of a starting role in the safety position. Uh, next, they signed offensive tackle Matt Khalil from the Vikings. Um, as I talked about a little earlier, this is, I don't agree with this at all, especially since they, they gave him a $55 million contract. And for how awful the Vikings offensive line was last year, it really, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I can't understand why they would pay him that much. I think there's a lot of better names. And yeah, I don't really know what else to say about that, but not a good move in my opinion. It got one of the worst grades out of any moves in the entire offseason this year, and for understandable reasons. Next, they signed wide receiver Charles Johnson, also from the Vikings, um, and he played pretty well in 2014, hasn't done much since then, um, so they gave him kind of a one-year deal uh, just to give him the chance to make the team and prove himself. Uh, they signed defensive end uh, and slash linebacker, what he played for the Packers last year, Julius Peppers, who has played for them in the past. Um, and one of, one of the better defensive ends in the league, um, despite also being pretty old, um, but he still is playing at a very high level, um, hasn't had less than seven sacks in any season since turning 30, so still finding a lot of success, and I think he still has gas left in the tank and can help that defense. And finally, they signed cornerback Captain Munderland, also from the Vikings. So three of these five moves have been taking players from the Vikings. Uh, Munderland used to play for the Panthers 
Um, but the Vikings lured him away with a bigger contract three years ago. And now he's coming back to the Panthers. And again, I think this can bring some uh, good leadership to their young corners. Uh, the corners have shown more promise than the safeties, but they do still need um, a more experienced player who... Captain Captain Munderland, in my opinion, is that he's been developed a lot with the Vikings, who have one of the best defenses. Um, so I think he could bring a lot of experience and leadership to their young defensive backs. So we all want to know, how are the Panthers going to do this year? Uh, two years ago, they made it to the Super Bowl. Last year, they went 6-10, and ten, uh, quite a decline. So um, which was the fluke, the, the Super Bowl year or last year? Well, I don't really know if I could tell you that, but honestly, I don't think they're going to do a whole lot better than they did last year. Um, they really haven't done much in the offseason at all. Uh, again, they brought some veteran leadership to the young defensive backs, but they haven't really done much besides that. I think uh, the addition of Christian McCaffrey as a running back in the draft, um, I think that'll do a lot for their offense. However, as I talked about earlier, I don't think Cam Newton's going to do that well this year because of um, the losses in the offense, both in the offensive line and Ted Ginn at receiver. Um, the offense could even take a step back again. Uh, defense may be a little bit better, but still not really that great. And I think um, they're going to end up in fourth in the division again uh, with probably a similar record. Moving on to the New Orleans Saints. They actually got an A in the free agency grades from ESPN this year, which is the second best grade. Uh, second only to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So uh, ESPN really likes what the Saints have done this year, and I do too. I think that they have a lot of promise. So let's talk about what they've done. Um, in probably one of the biggest trades of the offseason, they traded Brandon Cooks to the Patriots uh, in return. Well, they traded him in a fourth-round pick in return for a first and a third-round pick. Um, and while this was mostly published as a great deal for the Patriots, I think the Saints also really uh, did well with this trade. It was an even trade. Um, while the Patriots got, obviously, Brandon Cooks, um, it was very good. Uh, we all know that. Um, but the Saints, they got a first and a third round pick. And um, for a team that really does not have a lot of talented young players, gives them the opportunity to get that in the draft. Um, from trading Brandon Cooks, they ended up getting an offensive lineman in the first round, uh, which was desperately needed, and then a defensive end in the third to help their pass rush. Um, so I think the Saints did well in that trade, and um, the ESPN experts actually said that uh, this trade was a big reason that the Saints got an A in the offseason. Their next move, uh, they signed linebacker A.J. Klein from the Panthers, um, and he's had limited experience. Um, he was the backup to Luke Keekley. Um, and since Keekley has had some injury issues in the past few years, uh, that's where we've seen A.J. Klein step in. Um, but I do think he was overpaid. He really made a lot of money in this deal, and I don't know if he's really earned that. Um, uh, the Saints, their linebacking core is pretty weak, um, so I guess they're just hoping that uh, this investment will pay off, but uh, we really won't know until the season starts. They re-signed defensive lineman Nick Fairley, probably one of their only, um, well, I shouldn't say that. They also have Cameron Jordan still, I believe. Um, so pretty solid defensive lineman there. Um, they signed guard Larry Warford to help their offensive line, which hasn't been that good as of late. Uh, they signed wide receiver Ted Ginn, who I did mention that earlier, actually. Um, the Panthers lost him. 
Um, and the, the Saints signed him. So another reason that I think that the Saints won out in the Brandon Cooks trade, um, now they have Ted Ginn, who has, um, he won't be as good as Brandon Cooks, but uh, he has a similar skill set, um, more of a burner. Um, and while the, the Saints already have Michael Thomas and Willie Sneed um, to do the regular pass catching, Ted Ginn is going to be the guy who can go deep. Um, so Brandon Cooks lost him but replaced him and ended up with a first and a third round pick. A very good move for them. Another move that you guys probably all know about, they signed running back Adrian Peterson. This one is, um, it, it's a good move for them. They got him for only $3 million a year. Um, it is a little bit of a question mark as to what his role is going to be. Uh, they still have Mark Ingram on the team, and I'm not really sure uh, what that's going to look like. Um, in my opinion, I think uh, Peterson will probably get the majority of the carries, and then Mark Ingram probably will actually get the majority of the snaps. He'll get a good amount of carries and also be involved in pass blocking and pass catching. Uh, wide receiver Lance Moe retired, so they no longer have him on the team. Uh, he re-signed with them and then retired just to um, be able to say he retired as a saint. And then they also re-signed wide receiver Willie Sneed, who kind of came into his own last year. So, as I mentioned, all these moves uh, overall got an A from the experts. Uh, just looking at by position, um, as I mentioned, they replaced Cooks and got two picks. And also got, uh, they re-signed Willie Sneed, they got Ted Ginn to replace Cooks, got Adrian Peterson to help the run game. Um, but really, as we know, uh, the Saints offense has always been good with Drew Brees. Uh, the defense was really the issue, and they didn't do a lot to address that in free agency. Uh, they signed A.J. Klein from the Panthers, who, as I said, um, kind of unproven. So um, a, a, a good uh, hole-filling play, but I think they overpaid him. Um, but they did go defense heavy in the draft, and I think that's um, that's more what the Saints are leaning on. And a lot of times, rookies don't do as well in the in their first season. So I think uh, the defense is going to be the question mark as usual for the Saints. Um, they have some young guys who can become good, and this Saints defense could become good. But this season, I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, and again, I think that they'll compete with the Buccaneers for second place. Um, but ultimately, I think the Buccaneers will win out, and the Saints will probably end up in third. And finally, moving on to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, we all know this already, but they went to the Super Bowl last year, and because of that, we know that they have a very good squad, so they weren't expected to do much in free agency, and uh, ultimately, that was the case. They really didn't do much at all. Um, they uh, extended Taylor Gabriel for a second year. Uh, Taylor Gabriel... Uh, was a guy who came from the Browns and wasn't expected to do much, but uh, really, really stepped it up for the Falcons and found a lot of success there. So the Falcons extended him. They signed defensive end Jack Crawford from the Cowboys. Um, this is one that uh, people were a little confused about. There still were better names uh, for defensive ends, and I think they spent a decent amount of money for him, um, meaning that I think they spent it, it, what they did was okay, uh, Price-wise, but I do think that there were better guys they could have gotten. They signed kick returner Andre Roberts. Um, Falcons lost Eric Weems uh, this year, and uh, Andre Roberts probably won't do much as a receiver, but it looks like he's going to be taking Eric Weems' place as a kick returner and punt returner. Um, so that'll be his job. And then they extended defensive tackle Courtney Upshaw, uh, again, to shore up that defensive line. 
So again, the Falcons probably didn't need to do a whole lot as they were in the Super Bowl last year. And I mean, at halftime, they were leading 28 to three. So they showed um, they are dominant. And we, we, <laughs> we've probably heard most of this already, but um, the Falcons really should have won that game. And they could have if they were a little smarter with their play calling in the second half and just ran the clock instead of trying to move down the field again and throwing incompletions, stopping the clock, taking sacks and going out of field goal range. Um, if they were just smarter with their play calling, they should have won that game. So Falcons, uh, in my opinion, one of the best, I, I want to say the best, but I think with the Patriots acquisitions this year, um, I do think that they're the best. Um, but fa ultimately, I think the Falcons were the better team last year. Um, so they did, again, they didn't really need to do that much, and they didn't. Um, and the Falcons, their offense was really what was good for them last year. Uh, their defense was okay sometimes, not really okay the rest of the time. Um, they did give up a lot of points. Um, and uh, the Falcons didn't really do much, again, uh, in free agency, but they did address that a bit in the draft. Uh, their first-round pick was a defensive end. Uh, their third-round pick was a linebacker. And then um, their fifth round was a corner. So they addressed defense in the draft. Again, it usually takes rookies a while to develop and really... Uh, come to their own as NFL players. Um, but the Falcons, one of the best teams in the NFL. I don't know if I can call them the best, um, but one of the best. And they're going to find success this year, uh, even though they haven't really done much in free agency. And ultimately, I think they're still going to win the division. They're still going to go far in the playoffs. My only hesitation with them is their new offensive coordinator. They lost uh, Kyle Shanahan, uh, who is now the head coach for the 49ers. Um, so their new offensive coordinator, I think, will probably change their scheme a little bit. Um, uh, my guess is he won't change it too much, as they obviously have a lot of success in what they're doing. Um, but it probably will change a little bit, and that's really the only thing that I'd be a little hesitant about for the Falcons this year. So um, that's it for this discussion. I think um, just to keep you guys updated, um, I will be trying to upload something uh, tomorrow night, Sunday night, and then probably Monday night as well, but I will be gone for the entire rest of the week. I am volunteering at a kid's camp um, from Tuesday through Sunday, so I will be gone um, and pretty much unplugged, so I won't be able to listen to stations, won't be able to record anything until I come back. So just so you all are aware of that, um, but as always, I'm Jacob Gallup, host of The Football Fanatic. Thank you for listening, and I will catch you next time.